Amen. It's good to be back at First Baptist Church of Charlotte, and uh, so thankful to be here. I appreciate that kind introduction by Grant. I promise this is a brand new sermon. I'm not going back to those old notes that have been stuck in his office a few weeks ago. He gave them back to me. It was a big old stack and, uh, of sermons, I guess, from back when I was preaching in South Carolina. And I need to check on his sermon, see if he's been using my stuff is really what we need to check on uh, with Grant. But I appreciate that kind introduction. Uh, I tell you, a bunch of memories come flooding back, just pulling into that parking lot this morning. Five years has gone by just like that. I mean, it really has. Uh, the, the time that, that the Lord brought us here, my family, was a real blessing. From two, those of you who are new, you may not have met me, but I served here. Uh, a couple of different titles, I guess. I, I would call it a glorified associate pastor. I came as your next generation's pastor. If y'all remember that buzzword back then, it changed a little bit um, at the very end, but served here from 2012 to 2016. And uh, it's the first time I've been back uh, in worship uh, to preach and to, since that time. And God is really blessed. As uh, Grant mentioned, I'm now senior director at Christian Adoption Services and course, March will be five years in that role. Very rewarding. I'm so thankful for what God has uh, taught me uh, in that role. And as he mentioned, uh, you know, we are now a part of the Baptist Children's Homes of North Carolina. Uh, after 41 years as a standalone nonprofit ministry, we're now connected with an incredible organization that is blessing so many children uh, here in North Carolina. And so it's so good to be here today. Uh, my family is here. I know everybody that's come up in the first service says, where's your family? They don't care about seeing me. They want to see Kim and the kids. And they're right over here. And uh, you'll get to talk to them afterwards, those of you. Uh, the kids have gotten a lot bigger. As y'all may notice, a little more gray hair here. Uh, I am touching on 50. I am 49, by the way. I'm hanging on to 49. Um, but I've got uh, three kids that are now all in college, believe that or not. That's how quickly time passes. Uh, my daughter, Emma, is a senior at NC State. And y'all know I'm a Tar Heel fan. And y'all know how difficult that was for me many years ago when, 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 when that happened. But she's a senior at State. Stephen is at Gardner-Webb, where Kim and I met. And he's a sophomore. And my youngest, Benjamin, is a freshman at UNC Wilmington. And so, uh, so thankful what God is doing in their lives. And again, it's so good to be here. I'm thankful for Pastor Robert and the opportunity he's given me to come. And very thankful for the partnership that Christian Adoption Services has with First Baptist Church Charlotte. I remember um, as I left here and I, on this pulpit, uh, standing up here in March 16th, I believe there was a few tears I shed, if y'all may remember my resignation. Uh, again, this was such a special place. And I remember uh, heading over into Matthews at the office that first couple of weeks and learning about adoption and a lot about adoption in those first few months. And I remember calling my friend Michael Cummings. He said, Michael, uh, the Lord is going to be using me to preach all across the Carolinas about Christian adoption services. And we have zero church partners right now. There's not one church that's connected with this ministry. I need First Baptist Charlotte to come alongside and say, we want to partner with you. He said, Kevin, I'm, I'm going to do my best to make that happen. It wasn't too long after that he had met with our missions committee uh, here at First Baptist. And you guys were the very first church that said, we want to partner with you. Uh, prayerfully and in giving. And so I'm so thankful for that. And uh, it's been a blessing. We're now up to about 50 churches that have connected with CAS. And now with the BCH umbrella, which is in the thousands of churches, we're excited to see what God's going to continue to do through Christian Adoption Services along with the, in the BCH family. If you're joining us today, 
online, thank you so much for being a part of our service and pray God's blessing upon you. I know it's been a strange year and, and I've been right where you are actually. There have been a few Sundays where I've been at home and I've had the opportunity to go into the Facebook page at First Baptist Church Charlotte and uh, to watch Pastor Robert and to share with you and worship. And so I pray God blesses you today as you join us uh, together in what I promise is I believe is going to be an unbelievable message as we wrap up this Christmas season. So God bless you as you join us today online. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to conclude this Christmas series that Pastor Robert has started today. I believe this is part 5 as we wrap up and as we move into a new year in just a few short days. I know for some of you, you're like Christmas, you know, how many of you have already taken down the Christmas tree and it's gone? It's already done. Anybody out here? All right. How many of you still got that stuff up? I mean, we'd still have it up. I know a few folks that are friends of mine, they take it down like after lunch on Christmas day. That's like a little too soon for me. And then some, like our family, we, we sometimes celebrate, you know, multiple sets of families. Uh, as far as my side and Kim's side and, and, and different folks, we'll do Christmas after Christmas sometimes because of travel and different things. So some of you may still be celebrating Christmas from that standpoint. But I'm excited today and the message the Lord has laid on my heart as we're going to talk about Christmas through Joseph's eyes today. You know, as we go into Matthew and as we look at Luke, we see the, the Christ's birth from a few different perspectives. And I know, you know, we look at the wise men, the shepherds, Mary and, and Herod and, and different folks that were involved um, in, that, in that original Christmas story. But today, I want us to look at it in, in Christmas through Joseph's eyes. And so we're going to look at Matthew 1 and, and read beginning in verses 18 through 25. Then I'm going to come back. You'll be on the screen. You'll see some truths that we're going to talk about today. And I believe this message is going to bless you. And maybe you're going to walk out here today with a different perspective on Joseph, but also as it comes to adoption as well. So let's look at this text together. We're going to look at Matthew 1 beginning in verse 18. The Bible says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while we thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and she shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. As we think about Christmas through Joseph's eyes, let's look at four truths today. We'll begin in verses 18 and 19. And the first truth is this. As we look at this text, we see that Joseph truly cared for Mary, even without understanding all the facts. Let's look at verses 18 and 19 again. We're introduced to what was happening there, that Mary was engaged to Joseph. And before they came together, it goes on to say, she was found 
with child of the Holy Spirit, then Joseph, her husband, here's the key, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Wow. Now think about that. Now, that's first century. If we fast forward to 21st century, and that was you or me in that particular situation, and especially being on the male side, and if you were engaged to a, a young lady, and to find out that she was pregnant and know that you had not had relations with her and were waiting till marriage, as we should, you or I would come into that situation a little skeptical and like, okay, I'm probably going to back away from this situation. I'm not going to move forward with this marriage. And in Joseph's mind, in this situation, he was thinking the very same thing. Although we see the care and compassion in his heart. If you go back to verse 19, and again, as we go to first century, betrothal was, was marriage. It was an engagement, but it was basically they were united in marriage, waiting on the official marriage in Jewish law. But it says he, being a just man, was not wanting to make her a public example. He cared about her and was minded to put her away secretly. Now, in first century culture, he could have made this a big deal, right? He could have called her out. They would have shamed her, even could have killed her for this betrayal of what, what could have happened in this situation. But yet we see that he cared for her. Even he didn't understand. At this point in the story, he does not understand what has happened. He has assumed the worst of the worst situation, that she has betrayed him with another man and become pregnant. Yet she, he still cared for her and did not want to call her out. And it says to put her away secretly. You know, you think about what God is teaching us today in our 21st century. He's looking for people like Joseph, right? That are just, that are caring, that are compassionate, that care for other people. In this 21st century world, it's very difficult. A lot of times we have our circle that we care about. And then beyond that, we're like, well, you're on your own. And I, I wish you the best. And I'll pray for you every now and then. But I hope everything works out for you. You know, for us, when Jesus enters our heart as a Christ follower, because he cared for us when we were very unlovable, he wants us to care for others just as he cares for us. And the Lord teaches us some good examples of this. I remember I was putting this sermon together a couple of weeks ago and getting all the points together and just preparing my heart to, to, to bring this message to you on this uh, two days after Christmas. And, you know, just because I have the knowledge of what God was teaching me from this text doesn't necessarily equate to me living that out. And I'll give you an example of that. Just a few days ago, matter of fact, it was three days before Christmas, Kim and I went out to dinner and we took another couple with us and I'd made a reservation. You know, when you make a reservation, in a lot of times you have to do reservation today, right? Just because of the capacity of a restaurant. But when you make a reservation, there's a certain level of service that you expect when you go to a restaurant that you have a reservation for. And so Kim and I and this couple, we walk in, we sit down, we're looking at our menu, we're talking, we're just enjoying the time. And I, I'm noticing the restaurant is not very full. There's a few couples on, on, on both sides of us and they're being served. There's one waiter. I noticed he had served both tables. And, you know, you look at your watch when you're in a restaurant and uh, we had not been spoken to since we sat down. 
And it, it literally, it was 15 minutes, I promise you. Now, 15 feels like an hour when you're in a restaurant and no one comes and speaks to you. But no one had come to offer us drinks. I'm holding, y'all know, some of y'all are like me now. Don't, don't act like you're not like this. You're holding your menu up so they know that you're like waiting to order something, right? And I'm getting a little agitated. I, um, I, and I, I about the 15 minute mark or so, I looked at Kim, I said, let's go. How many of y'all done that? All right. Said, let's go. And I think Kim was a little embarrassed. We had this couple sitting across from us. We just forced them at the table. And she's like, no, it's going to be okay. Wait. And so I'd watch this kid serve this table, this table, and miss us. And then go bust another table. And I'm like, what is the deal here? And so the hostess came by. And Kim got her attention very nicely. And y'all know, know Kim very nicely and how she would speak to someone. And says, ma'am, we haven't been uh, waited on yet. Can we order our drinks? And she said, absolutely. She took our drink, or the hostess took our drink order and said, the young man's name, he'll be over, he'll come over and take your order. So she goes away. He brings our drinks back. Now, again, I'm holding a little grudge against this kid, right? You know, and so I'm not looking at him in the eye. He looks at us and says, do y'all want to order appetizer? I'm like, we're ready to order everything. That's what I said in my nice, firm tone at that moment. And so he takes everybody's order, and he comes over to me, and I said, I want this, and I want it this way, you know, different things. And he looks at me. He says, yes, sir, yes, sir. He's very polite, nice. And again, with mask on, you know, just kind of doing that thing. And so I, uh, he looks at me, and he said, Excuse me, did you coach baseball at Metrolina Christian Academy? And I went, oh, no, <laughs> like that. I looked up, and I said, he said, my name, and he said his name, and I said, I coached the kid in JV baseball. And I said, dude, what's going on, man? It's good to see you. I said, I didn't recognize you with your mask and all this. And he's like, yeah. I said, how's your brother doing? You know, he was a player. And he said, tell Ben and Steven. I said, hello. I said, what are you doing now? And I felt terrible, you know. I'd held this grudge as a kid who knew me and as a Christian Academy baseball coach. And so... I changed my tone the rest of the way, and I gave him a 33% tip, by the way. I want y'all to know I tipped the kid good on that end. But isn't that a lesson for all of us to think about that he, the Bible teaches us that we need to care for people. We need to have compassion for people. And yet, here I am preparing this message and getting ready for this and talking about Joseph and looking at that. And here I am acting the way I did, and I felt terrible about it. We need to think about people around us that we need to show care and compassion to all people, to all people. And Joseph showed this even though he didn't have all the facts yet. Now let's go on and look at, and really there's one word I want to carry with us through these four truths that I want you to take away with you. It's not going to be on your screen. You can write this down. But the one word here is compassion. Compassion. Let's look at the second truth. Found in verses 20 through 23, we see that not only did Joseph truly care about Mary, even though he didn't understand everything, but the encounter with the Lord changed his thoughts on her pregnancy. Let's look at the, the next set of verses in verses 20 through 23. But while he thought about these things, so he was thinking about them, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and, she shall call, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people 
from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold the virgin. This is from Isaiah 7. Behold the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Joseph's encounter with the Lord changed his thoughts on Mary's pregnancy. So here's a question for you to consider today. How often do our thoughts change when we have a divine encounter with God? How often, listen to that question, how often do our thoughts change when we have a divine encounter with God? They they change completely, right? You know, you think back for, for me, I look back in my life when I came to know Christ, that was a divine encounter where the Lord convicted me of my sins and I responded in childlike faith with him. And there are other moments along the way where God is teaching us things as we encounter him through his word, through a message, through prayer. It is the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God changes how we think about these situations. And so when Joseph has a divine encounter with the Lord and the Lord's angel in this situation, and he clears things up and explains what's going on, it changes his whole perspective on what he was thinking just a few minutes before. That is what God does in our lives as we pour into his word. You see, we go, we're going down our own path and how we think about things. And then when God interacts in our lives and intervenes in our lives, it changes how we think. It changes how we live. And I'm thankful for that in my life. And we all need to be thankful for that in our lives, those of us who have come to know Christ. So when you think about this word, what happens is when we have absolute truth, which I believe this book is absolute truth, and we allow ourselves to pour ourselves into the word of God and his absolute truth, it's going to change the way you think. Now, I remember as a young, what I call a young buck seminary student coming out of seminary and And uh, I won't say, I won't use the word arrogant, but I was confident. Y'all know what I'm talking about, coming out of school and going to go into my first church. And, you know, and I look back on some things in my first Sunday school classes and preaching and, and maybe even some of the notes Grant has, you know, looking back into those years and thinking about things. And as I'll use the word maturity, as the Lord has matured me and as I've grown closer to him, He has changed the way I think about some things. Theologically, uh, now you have the basic things, obviously, that we all carry with us about who God is. But there's some things that God has changed about the way I think about things. And some of you are the same way. You know, some of our young folks may may have thoughts on on certain subjects and things. But as you allow the, the Word of God and you pour yourself into the Word of God, the Holy Spirit can help us and bring us in the right place in our mind and our heart about things that we may have thought differently of many years ago. That's the Lord. And I'm thankful in this situation that because of a divine encounter with the Lord, with an angel of the Lord, Joseph's thoughts on what had happened... And putting Mary away and about what had happened with her and being pregnant changed because God revealed truth. And so as you think about the first truth and going back to what God wants us to, to have in our lives, he wants us to have compassion. He wants us to have truth. And by the way, if you're searching for truth out in our world, you're going to be all over the place. The only place you're going to find absolute truth is from the Word of God. So we must let the Word of God 
change and affect how we think about certain things. The third truth is found in verse 24. So we see Joseph truly cared for Mary, even though he didn't understand everything. We see that this encounter with the angel of the Lord changed his thoughts on Mary's pregnancy. But we see in verse 24 that Joseph was faithful and obeyed the Lord. Look at verse 24. So he's heard all this, and then we move to this step. This is a key step in the whole process, I believe, for all of us today as we think about our lives. It says, Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. What we see is compassion combined with absolute truth led Joseph to an action step of obedience. Now, for many of us in 21st century church culture, we, we have care and compassion. We are exposed to truth every week, right? In, in, in the preaching of God's word, and hopefully more than that on our own. But where many of us fail is the action step, right? We hear truth, but yet, man, it challenges us. It steps on our toes. And, and do we want to follow through on what God has called us to do in that action step? I think for many of us, we fall short there. We, we blame, we say, oh, next week we'll deal with that, or that's an inconvenience, or that's going to be too difficult. But what we see here from Joseph is when he understood truth, he then applied that truth to an action step, and verse 24 says, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. That's the action step. Compassion, truth, and action. And my prayer is for all of us as God's people today that we won't stop at truth and hearing truth. We're going to apply that truth. And that truth applies in different ways to every person listening today. It's not exactly one action step for every person. There are different action steps. I don't know what's going on in your life today and what you're dealing with and the challenges you're dealing with. But I believe the Word of God touches our hearts and there's action steps that we must take and we must be obedient to that action step to go to the next step, which ultimately equals blessing. Let's continue in verse 25. We see the, the penultimate act, what that action led to was this final truth is this, is Joseph adopted Jesus as his son. It's pretty awesome. Joseph adopted Jesus as his son. Look at verse 25. It goes on to say, uh, and, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph adopted Jesus as his son. What Joseph did for Jesus is what God did for all of us today. Picture that. God is our Father. We're His children. We don't deserve to go to heaven. What does Romans 6.23 say? For the wages of sin is death, right? That's separation. Thank goodness for this last part of the verse. What does it say? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God is our Father. We are his children. We don't deserve to go to heaven. But because of what was accomplished in a manger in Bethlehem, and 33 years later in an empty tomb, he adopts us as his children, 
and brings us into right relationship with him. Isn't that an awesome theological truth to think about today? That if you're saved today, you've been adopted by God. Just as Joseph adopted Jesus as his son. An amazing truth for us to think about. So as we wrap that up, we can see from the truths that we see that Joseph cared for Mary. That's compassion that God wants us to have for everyone. His encounter with the angel of the Lord changed his thoughts on Mary's pregnancy. And that's the absolute truth that God gives in our lives. Because of Joseph's faithfulness and he obeyed God, that's the action step that God wants us to have in obeying him, no matter what he calls us to do. And then we see the blessing that comes through Jesus being adopted by Joseph. And then ultimately us as his children being adopted by God, our Father today. An amazing thing to think about. You know, this ministry that God's called me in, total shock, by the way. When I was here at First Baptist Charlotte as your next-gen pastor, I was loving it, loving the relationships, loving what God was doing in my life. And this opportunity presented itself. And ultimately, I followed this path of obedience and the action step, as difficult as that was in March of 2016 to walk on this stage and resign and to do something that I knew nothing about, by the way, was very difficult. It was a season. But I'm so thankful almost five years later to see God's plan and to trust Him and to, be, to see all these families, hundreds of families, adopt these children that are in great need here in the Carolinas, internationally, and now through Foster to Adopt as well. It's amazing, so rewarding to see. I want to share one story that just kind of wraps this message up and it will touch you I think in a very special way and looking back at the compassion as well and the, and, and, and the truth and the action step that ultimately led to blessing for one family. A few months ago about an hour away there was a baby boy that had been born and um, our, our, the hospital called our social worker domestic adoption coordinator and said, hey, we've had a baby that's been born. He's actually two weeks old now. And we want to know if she, the mom has chosen a Christian adoption services to place her child. Um, will you take custody of this child? And so the worker called me. They couldn't get the, uh, the other, it was on a weekend, couldn't get the, uh, our, our senior director for the domestic adoption part. And so they called me and said, hey, Kevin, we got a situation just a little white ways from here. We got a call from a hospital. We have a baby boy that's two weeks old and want to know if we will take custody. But there's a few things that we need to, I need to tell you about the situation before you answer. I said, okay, shoot me, give me the information. Uh, the child is two weeks old. The mother just chose adoption because they're waiting on some tests to come back. And she chose adoption because of the test didn't come back the way they wanted to. And so she chose to place this child for adoption. I said, okay, give me the situation. One, the child has Down syndrome. I'm, I said, okay. Two, what's the second thing? Secondly, the baby has a hole in its heart. I'm like, okay. Third, said the baby has some lower extremity issues, um, deformities that are going to require surgeries, multiple surgeries down the line. And the mother said that's just too much for her to deal with, and so she chose Christian Adoption Services. So I need to know what you want to do. Well, I'm on the phone. I'm like, yes, we want the baby. Absolutely. I said God has a, already has a family for that baby. And let me give you just a quick one-minute legal version so you understand why she would ask me that question. 
is that if Christian Adoption Services, uh, when that mom signs and places her child with us, she's revoking her rights, the agency then becomes the caretaker for this child. And if we can't find a family, right, this, this ready home study by the laws of North or South Carolina to take this child, we then have to place that child in private foster care, which can be very expensive. It adds up very quickly for this. Just because Kim and I are good people and love the Lord, we just can't bring babies into our house, right? You just can't do that. And so that, that was the reason she asked the question. And my answer didn't change. It was absolutely without a doubt. I don't need to pray about it. We want the baby boy. God has a, a, child, a, 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 a parents for that baby. And so as we were talking and talking through the situation, she said, well, I was hoping you were going to say that. And while we were talking, the Lord brought a family who had just started the process with us, and they had adopted with us before in North Carolina already. And I was like, I already know the family's going to be. And she said, well, good. We need to call them right now. I said, okay, we'll talk to the uh, director of the whole domestic adoption program, and we'll move forward with that. And so that was on the weekend. We talked. I talked with her, uh, the director of domestic adoptions, and as we were talking, I did not tell her the family, but she came up with the same family that I was thinking about. It was, you know, that was a God thing. And said, we need to call that family. And so we called that family up. And again, they were in the early process of getting ready for home study. And we shared the situation with them. And they, without even praying, they were both on the phone, without them even praying about it, they said, that's our son. We want him. He's our son. And that was just amazing just to see how the Lord brought that together. And so they go down, and, and, and they're at the hospital for a couple of weeks. Um, he wasn't ready for discharge, and we're getting all their paperwork and their home study stuff fast-tracked for them to, to come home. And so since that, that was at the end of the summer. Since that time, the baby's had multiple surgeries, and he's doing really well doing really well and I'm thankful because I as I as I was preparing for this message I think about that family that kind of mimics the 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 Joseph model here of compassion caring for that child right the truth of, of of adoption that we've all been adopted by God and we all have a role to play in that right so and then and then you see the action step of saying he's ours that's our son and then ultimately the blessing of bringing that child home. And there's a greater implications I think about for all of us as I think about that amazing story of that child now being a two-parent Christian home. You know, we all have our own imperfections, right? Would y'all agree we, we're messed up, something called sin? And I think as that family said yes without hesitation to the child who has Down, Down syndrome, hole in the heart, and some things going on in the lower part of his body, I think God looks at us the same way, at our imperfections. And he looks at us and he says, I'll take them, I'll take them, I'll take him, I'll take her, I'll take them. He looks at us the exact same way. He loves us that much, unconditionally. That's the power of adoption, spiritually speaking, and also physically speaking in this situation. And that baby's life has changed forever as a result of two parents say, we love you, we're going to raise you, and we're going to care for you. Amazing story. That's what God does in our lives today. And I'm thankful for Joseph in this season of Christmas, who is Jesus' stepdad, 
who got to experience not just in that moment when Jesus would ultimately be born, but for years to come, right? We don't know how long before Joseph died, but for years to come to help raise Jesus and to be his stepfather and to love him and to pour into him. An amazing story of adoption in our lives. And that we get to receive the blessing of Jesus today in our lives. So I just want to challenge you today as you think about this Christmas season. There may be some of you here today that you realize, you know, we're talking about adoption. I've never been adopted by God, right? Today is a day of salvation. It's an opportunity for you to say, Father, please adopt me into your kingdom. And I love Jesus and I surrender my life to him. For the Christ follower today, we see the example of Joseph. My prayer is for all of us that we will be a people of care and compassion. That we will pour into absolute truth. And we won't stop there. But whatever action step God has for us, that we will be obedient no matter what. And then as a result of all that, we will experience the blessings of God that he has for us. It's it's amazing to see when it all comes together for him because it's all about him and it's not about us. Thank you so much for allowing me to share today. We're going to have a time of reflection just to reflect on what God has taught us and I'm going to have a time of prayer and then we'll have a time that we'll be able to to worship him through the time of reflection. Let's bow our heads as, as we pray. Father, thank you for today. I thank you for this special church in my family's life. I thank you for this special group of people And Lord, I I thank you for your hand upon this church. And I pray that in the days ahead that each one of us will be found faithful, that we'll be obedient to you like Joseph was in the midst of some very difficult circumstances. Lord, thank you for your divine encounter in his life. And Lord, I pray that you'll be very real in all of our lives. It's been a very difficult year for many of us. I know as we enter 2021, I'm sure we're anxious, excited in in, in many different ways. But Lord, nothing's changed from the standpoint of what happened in March with this virus. Nothing surprises you because you're still sitting on a throne. You're still in control. And Lord, I pray that adversity that we go through help us to lean upon you even more. Thank you for this adoption story of this amazing couple who said yes. And Lord, may we be obedient to you in all areas of life or whatever you call us to do. May we have courage. May we have strength that comes from you. And as a result of those action steps, Lord, we'll receive the blessings and pass those blessings on to others around us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for adopting us into your kingdom. Lord, we give you this time of reflection. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. I'm going to... Well, wherever you're coming to us from today, whether it's at home, whether it's traveling, we are so glad that you've joined us today. Some of you, this may be your first time to connect with us and see um, what happens here at First Charlotte. Some of you maybe have been viewing for some time, and some of you may be part of the First Charlotte family. Whoever you are, we're glad that you're here. We'd love to get to know you. And if you'll text the word connect to the number here on the screen, uh, we would love to mail you a gift uh, this week and get to know just a little bit about you. But also, we would love to talk to you about a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Maybe you're wondering what that's all about. Maybe you haven't come to the place in point or you're just unsure. We would love to visit with you about a relationship with Jesus. Would you text the word Jesus to the number here on the screen? One of our pastors would be glad to get that, reach back out to you and talk with you about it, pray with you and walk through that journey of knowing Jesus together with you this morning. Whoever you are, wherever you are, we're glad you worship with us today. I hope before you leave, you'll stick around for just a few more minutes. We've got some important things we want to share with you that God is doing in our church, but also the, the way that he's working and some upcoming things that are coming up here in the life of First Charlotte. We love you. Have an awesome rest of the week, and we will see you back next Sunday.